0: At this current time, Cleveland Browns beat reporter, uh, Mary Kay Cabot from cleveland.com. She joins us on the ultimate Cleveland sports show, and she will be joining us every single Thursday throughout the Cleveland Browns football season. So that's I'm personally awesome. excited nice. about yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's a well, great get. Hang bronze. on Earl.
1: If we're NWA, what's that make Mary Kay? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I got you. No,
2: this is, this is little known. Like I asked Mary Kay and she might, she said, her, one of her favorite artists, artists, rappers Nicki is Nicki Minaj.
1: There you go, Nicki She's Minaj. literary
2: Nicki Minaj. Has, on there this it is. Panel. She got, but she has the regular color hair, so we're just gonna go with Mary Kay.
3: Mary Kay, how are you? What What is your takeaways uh, so far at, at the Greenbrier experiment? Is it working? What was the intended purpose of it?
4: You know, I think it worked. I think uh, the guys really bonded with each other. They got away from here and they really had no choice but to spend a bunch of time with each other. So I think it had the desired effect. It seemed like it was really positive. There was really, really good work on the field and everything went off without incident except for those two fights at the end of the very last practice yesterday. So, and I just so happened to catch one of them on film, which I, on, on my phone. So I was, uh, pretty excited to be able to catch that so you know part luck and uh, just part being in the right place at the right time but uh yeah I think it was good work I think the team uh there's a lot of talent on this football team it just has to come together
1: I, the fight it's not that big of a deal but my god what is oboe thinking slapping a man and running like what <laughs> like was little, that all about like a little kid. <laughs>
4: Yeah, it was uh, well, you know, he got shoved to the ground in the back. So I'm sure, uh, like he wasn't happy about that. And then it just went one thing to another. So he, he felt probably that that was the first shot taken. And then, you know, he slapped him in the head and, and, ran. and then I and <laughs> like, just took, him. and, you're gonna, uh, if you're going to hit a guy in the head, then stand there and take it. Don't hit him and then run. It was it was very interesting, but the funny part about it, it, not funny, but the, you know, when you're standing outside in the very, very bright sun and you have a little iPhone in your hand, you're looking through this iPhone and you can't see what you're even really filming. You're just hoping that maybe you're getting something halfway decent. And so I didn't know what I had until after I really looked at it. And then I thought, and then I realized, oh my goodness, not only do I have the punch, but I have the shove and the slap too. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so I, I couldn't believe that that the whole thing was on there, so you could see, you know, why that all happened.
2: You, Mar- Mary Kay, how did you think um, Watson looked? How, you know, was he um, was he crisp? Was he sharp? How did he look? Uh, did he look like he had a grasp with of offense?
4: Yeah, he's got a great grasp of the offense. Uh, as we all know, he's got tremendous athleticism, tremendous agility. He's got all of those things. Uh, but I do think that, uh, you know, he's going to have to really work hard in the red zone. I thought that uh, the, the defense basically dominated in the red zone in 7-on-7s seven and 11-on-11s. Uh, it's going to be really good work for Deshaun Watson to go against this defense. He will be prepared for good defenses after going against these guys, but that's an area they really still need to work on. Of course, they're not scheming it up or anything like that yet, but you know, that's something that they're going to have to make sure that they can score the football.
3: That's where quarterbacks make their mark and their money too, Mary Kay. As you know, if you want to lose football games, kick a lot of field goals. Um, The teams that convert those field goals to touchdowns are the teams that win. Was there anything in particular that stood out about the offense's struggles? or is it your assessment that the defense was just so good that they made it impossible for the offense to, to get anything done?
4: The defense brought the juice. That's what it was all about because there are some really, really good talented offensive players. Elijah Moore is dynamite. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, these defensive backs, well, first they were getting some good pressure up front. Miles was getting great pressure. Uh, you know, Z's getting good pressure. Oboe's getting good pressure. But uh, But these defensive backs, I mean, they brought the juice in this train in this these first eight days of training camp. They were lights out. Every time you look up, you see those guys going after the ball, breaking up passes. And uh I, I think they were truly a highlight of this camp. And they, you know, they really dominated a couple of those red zone periods. And so I think Is it was that, that more than Schwartz? Yes, I, I think so. It's talent and it's Jim Schwartz. I mean, you've got some really good guys back there. Martin Emerson has taken a step up in his second season. Uh, he's, wow. he's an excellent, excellent cornerback. Greg Newsom, he's got his head back in the game and he's, you know, it looks like he's ready to really take his game up to the next level. Juan Thornhill has been amazing. Uh, you know, so, you, you know, you've got a number of guys back there that are just really ready to set the tone and I know they want to be the best secondary in the NFL.
1: Mary Kay, the reports that Shelby Harris is visiting today, the first thing that told me is, well, they had eight days in West Virginia to look at the D tackles, and they must not have liked what they saw because the, as soon as they land back in Cleveland, they've got someone coming in for a visit. Is that, is that fair?
4: You know what? I, I don't know that that's act actually the way that it's going down. I mean, these guys are always uh, looking to add talent to the team. I'm sure that Shelby is somebody that has been on the radar for the past couple of months, and now you're getting to the point where you can get some of these guys at a bargain basement price. I mean, when you think about it, you know, you still have uh, Jadavian Clowney still out there. John Johnson's out there. So some of these guys are, you know, just making some visits. And, you know, I think that that Shelby Harris visited maybe the Broncos yesterday. So he's on a little bit of a free agent tour. So it doesn't really necessarily say to me that, um you know, that they just all of a sudden realize that they have some issues there. I think it's that they're realizing that perhaps they have a chance to get a guy at a bargain at a bargain basement price
1: odds that Jadavian Clowney visits the Browns. Oh. this week.
4: <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. That ship has sailed, but I will pick him up from the airport if he needs a ride.
3: That's, that's wow. nice. that's that's interesting. Nice.
4: Okay. Hey, we, we were talking
3: about this whole idea that this camp away from, from home for them will build team camaraderie and, and team spirit and that whole thing. We talked on the show last week. I can't remember a time that the Browns ever took training camp outside of the state or really outside of the immediate Cleveland metro area. It, what is the history on that? Is this the first time they've done that?
4: For any length of time, yes. I mean, they have gone uh, and practiced against the Bills sure, on the right. road, we practiced against the Giants on the road. And this summer, of course, uh, we are heading up to Philadelphia soon to practice against the Eagles on the road in that home and away series. Um, yeah. But just in terms of taking it on the road, no, they, they really haven't done this. And I think they liked how it went, so much so that you know we could be heading back to the Greenbrier again next summer. So hopefully everybody had a great time because, uh, you know, I think there could <laughs> be a, uh, you know, a, a return performance next year.
1: Well, that media tent, mm. that outhouse were sparkling. So I can't wait to go back. <laughs>
4: that has to go know, we, yeah, we, we have a few things that, you know, that maybe, you know, we would like to be a little bit different here and there. Of course, as members of the media, we never like to, we never like to complain about anything. No. We're always grateful to be doing the job that we have. And we know that a lot of people want to do these jobs. Um, but yeah, there were a few little minor tweaks that, that we would probably change um, for next year if we could. Uh,
2: getting to the Hall of Fame game, are we going to see guys like, uh, we're going to see some David Bells, we're going to see some, um, you know, uh, Jerome Fords, some uh, Anthony Schwartz's? Uh, and, and do you expect to see more of. Um, uh, what's his name? DTR? What, he has a name, right? Dorian Thompson Robinson. What is his name? He, he got. They got an acronym for everybody now. Or are you going to see more of Dobbs? Uh,
4: you know what? I actually think you'll you'll see more of DTR and Kellen Mond. I don't think, uh, I don't even know that you're going to see very much of Joshua Dobbs. This is a game for the back end of the roster, for the really young guys uh, to prove that they deserve a spot that they can hang around. Uh, so you are not going to see starters. Uh, now it's it's going to be interesting to see. They have to get through a whole game. So you're going to have to play a number of guys that you know that are pretty good. So you will see, you know, the David Bells and some of those guys playing in this game. But you're you're certainly not going to see Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore and Deshaun Watson in this game on Thursday night. It's going to be the battle of the backups an opportunity to just kind of get things rolling for the preseason and find out some more about some of these younger players
3: having the extra game. Do you know how Kevin plans to play everybody through this preseason? Like what? At what point will we see Deshaun Watson for any length of time?
4: Well, that's going to be very interesting because, um, They're not going to play in this game, Deshaun and the veterans. And then when they go up to Philadelphia and they practice on two occasions, on back-to-back days against the Eagles, they get such good work done in those two practices, they don't want to play those guys in that game either. So you're leaving only the second game and the fourth preseason game uh, to play your veterans and your starters. The interesting thing about that is in the fourth preseason game, generally, as we all know, that's a game when you do rest your starters and let them get ready for the season. So does that mean that it will, it will only be Deshaun getting some playing time this preseason against Washington? Or will Kevin come back in that fourth preseason game against the Chiefs in Kansas City and give him a couple of series there? It would stand to reason that in order to get your timing down and have your mojo down with all these new receivers and, a, and an overhauled, offense that, uh, you know, that you might want to get him a little bit more time in these preseason games. But again, we're only probably talking about game two and game four,
3: especially against Andy Reid, because I think it was last year that Andy had his starters out there for the first half of the entire of the, of the final preseason game. I, I don't know if you're Kevin. I, I'd, I'd like to see, you know, the ones against their ones for a length of time just to see. And what better yardstick than the Kansas City Chiefs?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and it's almost unfortunate that they won't be playing against the Eagles in that game because, you know, the Eagles obviously are so good. And then, as you mentioned, the Chiefs are so good. So you're, you know, you would be getting really, really good work against both of these teams. Um, but sometimes coaches will talk to each other before a game and sort of decide if they're going to play their starters. So, you know, it could be Kevin and Andy could kind of talk to each other ahead of time a little bit and decide what they want to do for that final preseason game, because you don't want to have a third stringer, you know, trying to, you know, trying to make a name for himself by, uh, you know, tackling Deshaun Watson low or something like that. So, uh, so we'll have to see how that goes.
1: Okay, this running back market is off the rails. And when you see what's going on in Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor now and his back and forth with Jim Irsay, where is this headed, do you think? Is is this ever going to come back around for running backs? And what kind of implication will this have on Nick Chubb after this season?
4: Well, I'm glad that the running backs are banding together. There is strength in numbers, and they really are sticking by each other. And we know that Nick Chubb participated in the Zoom call, and those guys have his full support, even though he's the last running back to get a du- double-digit million extension when he got his in 2010 or 20. I mean, I can't now I can't remember when it was now. Um, but not 2010. That, that was 100 years ago. But 2020 (laughs) 2020 or 2021 is what I meant. But um, so, you know, that was the last time a running back has gotten that. And, you know, again, I think it's great that they are sticking together the way that they are. Um, But, you know, I just don't know. I don't know if that's going to cause owners to say, hey, we need to really pay these guys. Um, Or if, you know, the league or the union or somebody will be able to come up with something Um, But, you know, right now, this is just the way that it is. As far as Nick Chubb is concerned, the Browns view Nick Chubb as more than just, you know, your great running back for the Cleveland Browns. He's sort of a face of the team. Uh, He embodies the entire spirit of the Cleveland Browns. And he is somebody that they're going to try to do right by Nick Chubb. He has meant so much to this franchise uh, since they first drafted him. That they they don't want to end on bad terms with Nick Chubb. So they will find a way, they will do everything that they can to keep him here for as long as they possibly can and have him be happy.
3: Man, am I glad to hear that?
2: Yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about, Mary Kay. So you so you you want to officially say that they're gonna extend Nick Chubb (laughs) (laughs) to that thirty million dollar extension coming up next week. That's for Jason. That's here you go.
3: Listen, if there's a guy that deserves it, it's him. But, I, you know, there's no need for them to do that. But I'm I'm glad you said what you said, Mary Kay, because obviously there's – when you just look with your eyeballs and you watch all of the running backs, he's elite. He's special. He does things that very – you know, there are very few others that can do uh, all the things that he can do. And long-term historically, Mary Kay, you're looking at a guy, and you hate to say this so early in his career, but you're looking at a guy that – takes care of his body so well, he could have a very long career, and then you start you start thinking about things like all-time rushing leader, like, is that in his sights? Could he do that? It'd be a shame if he had to do it in someone else's uniform.
4: Right, like I said, it, you know, it's not necessarily going to be easy, but they will make every effort to do right by Nick Chubb. I mean, for the most part, they do that, of course, with all of their players, but when it comes to Nick, it is more than just a business. We hear that saying all the time, uh, but I think there are some players that sort of transcend that a little bit. And I think Nick is one of those players. You really uh, want to make sure that, you know, with the Joe Thomases of the world and the Joel Betonios and and the Nick Chubbs uh, that, you know, that they, end up leaving here with good feelings that fans feel good about how you treated them, that you're sending a message to other players in the NFL and to the league uh, that you do take care of guys like this. So, uh, you know, again, it's not necessarily going to be easy uh, to get him paid the way that he's going to want to get paid, uh, but they will work in good faith to do right by Nick Chubb.
3: Very good. I think that's great news, great news for everybody. Uh, Any standouts, any disappointments from camp for you?
4: uh standouts i mean you know number one we have to talk about elijah moore he is dynamite, and the connection with Deshaun Watson is very real. I don't think we're overstating it. He's really, really good in so many ways. They're they're moving him around. They're playing him inside. They're playing him outside. They're running him out of the backfield, and he is just so fun to watch. And I think uh, I think he potentially is going to have a tremendous, tremendous season. So he did a, a phenomenal job uh, again from from a defensive standpoint. Uh, you know, I thought Greg Newsom had a really nice camp. I thought Martin Emerson did, Juan Thornhill, all those guys really did. Grant Delpit, uh, the secondary was definitely standing out. I thought that Miles Garrett, you know, he doesn't even, you know, really have to give 100% in these practices, but, you know, 80% of Miles is still so tough to handle. And he gave Jed Wills all Jed Wills could handle yesterday. I mean, it, it was a lot. So, um, you know, so that was one thing to watch. Uh, DeWan Jones, I uh, saw him whip his helmet down last night. I mean, yesterday in the practice, and you know, he expressed a little bit of frustration. He was also sick for a couple of days, um, so I think he's someone that kind of is going to need to step it up because Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Uh, has gotten some some kudos from uh, the staff, from from what I understand, and and. Uh, DeJuan is someone that's just going to ha- have to keep working at it. He's getting really hard coaching from Bill Callahan, but everybody does. Uh, so he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, let me think. What else? Um, the whole D-line looks really, really good. I'm a little concerned about the linebackers because of the health of the linebackers. Phil, is that uh, more so that, that. I,
3: I want to know more about that because I'm very concerned about that. Hell, most of them ended the year hurt last year.
4: Yeah, so you have Anthony Walker Jr. not really doing all that much yet. Sione Taki working his way uh, back into the lineup. Uh, I did find out on this trip that JOK suffered the dreaded Liz Frank foot injury, oh, right? No. I mean, we, did, we didn't really know what it was, um, and that's what it was. It was the dreaded Liz Frank, what? And, um, but he was able to get through it without a surgery. Now, he is working his way back, and I thought he looked really good out there, so hopefully... He won't have any residual injuries from that, and he'll just be able to kind of hit the ground running and, and get back out there and do a really nice job. But, you know, that area is still a little up in the air because of all the injuries.
2: And and that you're you saying that's what he sustained last year? Uh, oh, last year and through the offseason, he chose not to have the surgery, and he looks like he's back ready to go, dude.
4: Yes, um, he missed the final four games with the the Liz Frank foot injury. He had to make a decision on whether or not he wanted to have the surgery. So the fact that he had a choice is a good sign. Uh, you know, it wasn't just the only thing is you're going under the knife or forget it. Um, so the fact that he was able to, to rehab it naturally, which is the way he lives his life anyways, um, you know, I think that's a really good sign. He looked like he was moving really well on it. Uh, there was not a time when he needed to really sit out of practice or anything like that. So, um, you know, I think he's doing a really nice job.
3: All right, Mary Kay, we certainly appreciate all your knowledge and input. Thank you so much. And we're lo- very much looking forward to you joining us uh, on Thursdays throughout the football season here on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Great job as always. Thank you. you. Thank you, guys. Um, we didn't talk about the mouse. The mouse. I forgot about the mouse.
1: I didn't ask her about the mouse. She's still there. What's the mouse? We, we had a fantastic dinner. Uh, Friday night. Okay. Uh, you're there.
3: Good. I'm the still
1: here. The mouse. We <laughs> didn't talk about the mouse. At the dinner mouse. Friday night, we had this terrific dinner at this. Uh, I, we can name it. Humble tomato. Right. Is the name of this place. Terrific. Little mom and pop. Lewisburg is actually a great city. Like they had got a lot of great restaurants. Really? There. And we had a great meal. We're just finishing the meal. And then Stuart appeared the mouse. And like, it's like the, the mascot of the restaurant.
4: What? <laughs> tell it's like him. Chuck E. cheese style yeah tell them well i think and i i apologize for this if i actually did this jason i'm afraid i did you were sitting next to me and i, I may have put my feet up on you i'm not really sure <laughs> uh- <laughs> I,
1: I don't remember i don't care if you did <laughs>
4: But I know. I know I screamed. I let out a scream. <laughs> and it's, embar- it's embarrassing that I would scream over a little tiny mouse. But, you know, Stuart did make his cameo appearance at our dinner. And, um, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, after that, you have to, like, you go to take your next bite of food, and you're kind of like, hmm, <laughs> not really sure how I feel about this. But to Stuart hang out in the kitchen?
2: Was- What's going on? Yeah. I, just kinda, I don't that- know. Yeah, yeah that was our dinner adventure.
1: Yeah, the first person came out and we said there's a mouse. They're like, Oh yeah And I thought like I didn't hear what she said and I said, Wait, you named him? And she said, No, 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 no And then like the manager, or someone else came out and said, Oh yeah, that's Stuart. You met Stuart I'm like, You mean you really did name him? Wow. They named the mouse Stuart for Stuart Little. So Good Lord. I mean, you are in the side of a mountain in West Virginia, so there's gonna be animals. Right, yeah, I but suppose. it was uh, it was a jarring way to end dinner
3: very interesting yes. <laughs> and overall it was a good restaurant but just had a mouse just had a mouse great no, food we had a bunch <laughs> of great
1: dinners huh what'd you get i got uh seafood linguine with nice okay. mussels and scallops and shrimp it was terrific right it
3: was with great with a side of mouse hair yeah with right a side of <laughs> mouse <laughs> hair mouse mouse tail. tail yeah <laughs> all right mary Kay. Yeah. thank you thank you very much all mary right. Kay. uh take what, care
0: guys you had some business that you wanted to do yeah so uh gee you know you're always in the chat. I know you're always, you know, looking in there. You had a message for the, for the chat. I guess you've seen the viewers to likes. Talk to them Man,
2: listen, man. I, listen, I need these likes up, man. I, you know, you got a thousand. It's a thousand of y'all. Like, all you gotta do is hit that like button for us, man. That if, if hey, you didn't got a super, you ain't got a super chat. If you don't wanna do the memberships, we understand that. We got you, bro. But you know what? One thing is, likes is free. hit that hit that like button for us we'll make sure uh you know get our content out to everybody and help us continue to get on the road to twenty-five thousand. i think we're gonna hit it because the chat is uh you know part of the people's champion and people's champ is the chat so we continue to do that
0: and it just got an update from steve becker we started off the show 78 away We're now forty subscribers away from twenty-five thousand. That's
3: a good number, right? Let's keep pushing. Let's keep pushing.
0: I mean, just since we've been on the air today, so shout out to everybody who's supporting the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show brand, Jay, Jason, and G, the Guardians. So this is what I told Jason this morning. You know, I'm a casual fan, right? This is what I found. You're getting more into it, though. Yeah, I am. The Guardians split. With yeah. a Chicago White Sox team that's so damn near every quality player on their team. Right. And somehow, some way, they gained games on the Minnesota Twins. They're half the game division. out of first
3: place. I mean, the Twins <laughs> hit, a, they hit a skid. They came out of the All-Star break. They were red hot. They were hot going into the break. They came out of the break red hot. Rarely does that carry over. And now they've, they've hit a skid. And lo and behold, you've got your Cleveland Guardians. And this is really interesting, Jay, because... I can never remember a time in Guardian's history where on the eve of the trade deadline, you still didn't know if we're buyers or sellers. I, I don't know what we are. I, it's, it's
1: nonsensical. This is a slap fight of a division.
3: <laughs> the, the, it's homo.
1: Like, this is
3: pathetic.
1: It really it, really it is. It is,
3: Jay, but you know what? It's It's pathetic, I agree. But there are... It's a it's an autumn. If you win the division, you punch your ticket and you've got a chance. Can you imagine the
1: flag unveiling next year for the eighty-two and eighty Central Division but champions? what players if players. what if
3: they go on to win the World Series?
1: Uh, well, I would like that flag.
3: I mean, crazier things have happened, right? Have they? I think they have. <laughs> Name one. The Braves. This team the won Braves the when they Series. won the World Series two years ago. Yeah. On August 9th, we we're, we're below five hundred. And and we're
1: still in July, and they're 500. But when you look at the shape of this pitching rotation, it's not only shambles. What if shambles. Bieber and
3: McKenzie both come back, though? But, I mean, and
1: they're expected I to. think
3: there's great – are they? I think yes. There's... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bieber, Bieber will start – here's the crazy but, thing. No, the I, McKenzie I mentioned this thing. upstairs last week. 80% of the Guardians' starting rotation when they broke camp had seven wins last week. Now, so, uh, so so between Bieber and McKenzie and Plezac and uh, Quantrill. Quantrill, they had five or six wins. I, I don't even think it was seven. Can you imagine that? You're in late July at 80% of your starting rotation when you broke spring training. Have seven five wins. wins or seven
1: wins? Bieber, yes, Bieber will come back. The McKenzie thing, I still think surgery is more likely than a return.
3: It probably is, and I agree with you. I think it is. And that's but a
1: huge. Like, piece like in the, all the Liz of
3: this. Frank injury, the fact that it was an option tells you that it it wasn't mandatory. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, so but gosh, just let's just play baseball's fairy godfather for a second. And just imagine this. Savali is has been lights out.
1: He's been. He's I mean, been great. I,
3: I imagine they're going to get calls from ten to fifteen teams about Savali. Probably because starting pitchers that have two years of control are like a lottery ticket. And he's only making two he, and a half million this year. He's making nothing. What
1: he'll make what? At most, $6 million next year. So are they yeah, and,
3: him? and he's under control for two more full seasons. Yeah. Are they, so they moving him? they're going to get a lot of – they have to make the decision today or tomorrow. It's a hard – Are it's, we buyers? Are we sellers? I mean, if you want to – if if
1: someone wants to overpay for Aaron Savali, because I think we all know who Aaron Savali is. Yeah. He's not durable. He's probably going to break down again at some point. He's on a fantastic tear right now. So and, He's a and good
3: it, pitcher, though, Jay. I, I know that you, you bring up a good point with the fragility. But he He is. is, Yeah. This guy knows how to pitch.
1: Yes, and and I would hate to see them move on from him because he's only making five to six million. Right. He's a bargain. Where are you going to get pitching
3: for that number? But if a team wants to overpay for him, you could recoup. And you know what? You 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 could. could. That's my fear is that there's going to be a bidding war for Savali, because you we saw what the Rangers did. Mm -hmm. The Rangers are adding arms like it's an arms race. Yeah. The Astros are going to be very active. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they made moves today. We play the Astros, right? We're in Houston now.
1: Yeah, and Verlander I, I, could be on the move.
3: I, I, would, I, I just can't imagine that they're not going to do something. They're seeing what Texas is doing, yeah. and they've got to keep up with their Texas neighbor. And so I imagine that you're going to get teams that are in serious bidding wars for Savali. And my hope and my, really my fear is that the, the temptation is going to be so great that they will decide that we're sellers and they'll move on Savali if the package gets to be big. Here's the problem. If they do, it's officially a wrap for 2020. Well, well, I mean, it's over. Can't you ta- well, can't
2: what? Well, well, not necessarily. It's right. It's over. If they continue to pitch to young guys, right? And you do get what maybe be are back, right? It's not a stretch that the Twins are going to run away from you. You yeah, can yeah. Th- you can theoretically go to the playoffs and be a seller, get a bunch of stuff back, and at the same to time to make a get playoff to...
3: run, you're going to need three really good arms. And well, and, you... and if they move on Savali, like right now, if uh, let's just what is a
2: what is a playoff run? Define that winning more
3: than one series, one okay. one round of the playoffs. Oh, okay, okay. Well, and, in and that case, we we've been there and done that last yeah. year. We did that. Mm-hmm. I- I'm talking about. Win it all. Oh, okay. And here's yeah, yeah, the yeah, thing. Okay, I see. What if you, you mean. get one of the divisional titles, you're holding a golden ticket. You don't. You know, you're not a. You're not a wild card team. Yep. You're holding a golden ticket. If they have, and I know this is wild way out there stuff, but it's not outside the realm of possibility that Bieber comes back and is Bieber again, and that McKenzie comes back and he's McKenzie again, and Savali can stay healthy and hot. Now with the front end of the rotation of Bieber, McKenzie and Savali, I'll take my chances against anybody. I'm not I'm not we're not going to be favored against the Houston's and the no. and the Rangers and any of that, but no. the favorite doesn't always win in baseball. It's not always about that. And by the way, the bats are Jose has had a couple of multi-homer games in the last 4 or 5 days. You're starting to see the bats, you know, not be they were in a slumber the first 60 games, 70 games of the season. I mean, what the hell? Let's let's make a run when you've got a chance to do it. Baseball, October baseball is so freaking exciting. I had a blast last year.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't
3: rob the fans of another potential experience by dealing Savali and folding your tent for the year. This is,
2: this is tough because like, It's it's all depends on when they get it going. Like they, like they were just down five, almost five games in the loop. They were down
3: four, I almost four four or five, maybe. Yeah,
2: four and a half, maybe. So now they're they're close. They're half game out. Now it's like, okay, well, what is contending? Because what is contending is like in my mind, if you want to just go to the playoffs and and play the first round, they could probably win a first round game with either way, whether they trade somebody or they don't. Now, second round games. No, you're not going to be able. To, you you, you got to have everybody on, on deck. You probably have to keep Savali, and and with McKenzie, even if he if he's reg scheduled to come back, right? Would they really let him throw high leverage? Jay, that's a question. Playoff you. high leverage playoff
3: pitches, and you just came off the DL. You only had. two. I think starts? he's either if, if you're in, you're all in. You're not, you know, on a pitch count. You're. I mean, he would come back early on a pitch count, but if he's healthy and he comes back and pitches well. You're going to throw him.
1: Yeah. If you're back, you're back. Yeah. And I don't think that they're going to activate him September 30th. You know, I think they got to make a decision here pretty soon. Well, I
3: thought it was early September that he could come back.
1: Well, it, it, it is. Yeah. I, I But I'm saying, it's not like you're going to activate him September yeah, 30th and make him throw 120 But here's the pitches. problem
3: with, with, like, if you don't use him. If you don't use him, then why the hell didn't you have surgery right away? Because you're going to surgery. Now gonna, you lose all of next year. If you wait until October, Well, you were going to, to anyway, you were not going necessarily, to, yeah, you not, were. Were. not if you do it. If, if, if he would have had surgery early in the season, when he, he was hurt, he never even pitched to start the season. If, if they were, if that was the route they wanted to take, you'd have him by June of next year. But
1: those are two different injuries. It was a shoulder injury early. This is an elbow. This is a sprained elbow. Right. And that was what July. I think he went down. I don't it, remember was the it exact I thought it was date. Yeah, June. no, I thought he came
3: back for two starts. And even that was if it's
1: it. even if it's June, you're you're 15 months out for Tommy John. If you have yeah. surgery in June, you're already out all of next year anyway. God. So by waiting, you you already know surgery in June, surgery in September, you're still going to miss all of next year. You're just kicking the can down the road, trying to so, see if you can salvage the season. So if
2: you're going to, so uh, let me uh, go with this premise. So if they know that he may need Tommy John surgery. Would they put him back out there and be like, all right, well, let's see if th- this worked or would they just give him the surgery? Because even if he, if he hurts it in the game, it's not gonna be any worse. He's just gonna have surgery.
1: No, if, he, if he's gonna have surgery, they're not gonna pitch him, he's gonna have surgery. So he's been, it's, to my knowledge, he was in Arizona and I know the doctors were out there checking him in Arizona. I thought we'd actually have news by now on McKenzie. I'm a little surprised that we're to August 1st and a decision hasn't been made. But again, I think they're trying to exhaust all options, and we're and next year's a wash, anyway. Because because I'm trying to figure out like if it,
2: it, it a partially like a partially torn ACL, right? I've only fully torn mine. Jay, have you partially torn yours? No, every three, all, so all, all three were complete. Both tears. of mine were complete. So sometimes if you have a partially torn ACL, they'll brace it.
3: Yeah, but I think with the ulna, I, 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 I believe, believe that, that it's time is, it, when when you have Tommy John, it's. It's our, it's it's full, it's full boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like they're replacing the tendon, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's a full on surgery. I don't think it's a situation where there was a partial tear. They go in and stitch it up. That's obviously not a complete replacement like what we've had. Uh Um, I just, God, I mean, if you lose a guy like McKenzie for two years early in his prime, my biggest fear, and I've said this over and over again, we have a regular viewer, I can't think of his name right now, who constantly emails me every time I say this. So I'm ready for your email. You can send it again. <laughs> uh, I'm terrified. When I watch him pitch, I love the kid. Yeah. Um, I've interviewed him. I've got to know him a little bit. He is an absolute, you would want, this the kind of kid you'd want your daughter to marry. Absolutely. He's the kind of kid that you can't help but root for. He is an absolute, stand-up, wonderful young man, and I wish nothing but success for him. However... Every pitch he throws, my heart is in my throat, because his frame yeah. is what it is. It's it's now I know he's, he can be a power pitcher, but the torque that he puts on his arm with every pitch, and there's not a lot there to protect it. It's just I'm terrified by
1: it. Andy had a significant injury in the minors a couple years. I ago. I know he did. So, he's so been, that was
3: back, right?
1: Uh, I feel like it was shoulder, but I, I thought he I had don't a remember. back. And they shut him
3: down early in the minors a couple years ago. And
1: the unfortunate, the really unfortunate part for him is, you know, I know that they held extension talks with him. I know. That's gone. It was
3: supposed to happen. I mean, we were hearing like, I's need dotted, T's need crossed, but we've got an agreement. And now this kid who was looking at a massive extension and payday is now pitching for his. He'll never see it. Not for Cleveland. Not from Cleveland. You don't think that they if – he, if, if he was to come back and pitch this year pain-free and go 7-1 down the – He still has, a, he still has st- a
1: tear in his elbow. Yeah. So, I don't, I, don't, oh. I don't see them making that. And, you know, we talked about it. You weren't – I don't – yeah, it wasn't a show I was doing with you, but I talked about mm-hmm. – I'm going to write about it hopefully in the next week or two. I don't know if this organization will ever extend another pitcher. Because, like, they talked with Shane, and we see they feel like – I'm sure at this point they feel like they dodged a bullet with Shane that they didn't give him the type of money that they were talking about now with McKenzie, you know, they've kind of got this down to a science of you've got the three years of control, I know, but it's not as easy. The as arbitration a look, years. Jay. No,
3: I know, but and there's going to be a time when the pipeline goes dry. But if you've got three years of team control,
1: three years of arbitration, if you get five years out of a guy and then trade him four and a half years out of a guy, and then trade them. It's a good model if you can keep it up. Right, and uh, and they've got more in the pipeline. Joey
3: Cantillo's next. Now, I know, he's not I as know. high as is what they have, but what are they doing that the other twenty nine haven't figured out? They're I, the envy of every other franchise, Jay. When it comes to you know producing
1: these pitches. It's funny because when when Tanner Bybee first got up here, he was sitting on the couch in the clubhouse, and I said, Hey, how's a college kid go from throwing eighty nine, ninety in college to ninety eight, ninety nine in That's the pros? It's
3: a great question. I've asked it too,
1: and he kind of like grinned and i said i know you're not going to tell me the secret sauce and he's like yeah and and no one no one will give you like you know the guardians will tell you that there's there's proto body types that they look for and there's things that they see but they're the, not
3: going to tell it. They're not going to answer that. No, question.
1: nor should they no, it's I hope they advantage.
3: don't. Black but they don't the, even
2: look like a picture. He don't even look. He looked like a second baseman. He looks like a computer he repair. Looks like, he looks like he <laughs> played with e- the But
1: the Rays and the guardians, the Rays, especially, I don't know what they're doing with their pitchers. But, but they you know what, take the, the Rays pitchers have been getting hurt. That's where I was going. The Rays take these guys that struggle in other places. It's not even their own development. No, I know. They take guys that struggle. Some of them are top prospects that couldn't figure it out, some of them are no-name dudes that go there. They start throwing these sliders and they start throwing pitches and they get the most out of them, and then they tear their elbow up, they go have surgery, and then they go find another one and bring another one in. I, I
3: mean, don't know what's going on with the Rays. And, well, there it, are connections look, between the Guardians and, and, absolutely. and the Rays. The Guardians and, got a lot of people getting hurt, too. And whatever that secret is, I think it's leaked down to Tampa, and it's probably only a matter of time before the rest of the league figures out what in the hell well, they're doing. The,
1: the Rays manager obviously came from Cleveland. Right. He's, he's Terry's guy. But the front office, I don't know that there – I don't think I that think there, there are ties in the front office to the Guardians. Okay. I think –
3: I, I want to say there there is. I, it may not be in the upper level management, but it seems to me that I've read – I
1: mean, there's a reason Cash went there. Right, right. So, someone sure. brought him there.
3: No, but,
2: that don't, but don't that get to you? Like, if you if you got these young guys – I mean, I would say Bybee and, and Williams more so than Allen, but you got three nice pitchers, three nice arms. And to know that, like, they're not going to be here for long.
3: Does well, that I get mean to they you might bit? be here for four years? Four years, like four years, like you know. Look, I I decided about fifteen years ago that I had to adjust the way I view my fandom. We are a feeder market. It's what we are. I don't yeah. love it. It's what we are. We're never buyers. We're almost always sellers. We draft and develop prospects with the idea that they're going to one day make the major leagues. And here's what I mean by that. They're going to get the bag from the Mets, like Frankie did. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to get it from the Yankees, like CeCe did. Or, or the myriad of players. Go back to the 90s. The, the Ramirez, the Tomies. Even Tomy got away. Albert Bell. You, you're going to have these guys for a minute. It puts a priority on recognizing and developing talent. And I think they've hit a home run in that area. Yeah, They've drafted well, and they've developed especially well, particularly at the pitching spot. Which is so odd to me because they. When was the last time they developed a hitter?
1: I don't know. Never. They don't. Like homegrown, like draft and develop.
3: I can't. I can't think of any. I mean, Hosey is. When was Jose? No, he's been Jose
1: would be. Yeah, it would I, be he's
3: probably the last guy. Yeah, and he's is. been. We've been in the league for eight years, but really since that point. You know, we've had a lot of Will Brennan-ish guys right. who really look good for a minute, and then you're like, okay, can, can they go to the next level? I'm going to go
1: around the infield. Naylor was a trade. Jimenez was a trade. Shortstop is what Hosey we just talked about. They did about. draft Bo Naylor, but, I they mean, did draft he Bo certainly Naylor. hasn't, dip, you know, right? think he's right. got potential. Out, outfield, Quan was a draft and develop guy. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Straw was a trade. Brandon was a draft. Oscar Gonzalez is so. There's potential for some of these guys right. maybe to turn into something, but it would have. But to a lot Aussie. of the
3: guys that have been next, have had not worked
1: out yeah. hard. Yeah,
3: and I, you know, I'm, I, I hate to publicly give up on a guy like Arias, but I have.
1: Well, I, I would still like to see him get consistent at bats, like every day at bats. You are the shortstop. Here's a month. Yesterday, to me, he, he regressed. I didn't his see pitch the game. discipline. I didn't see the game. You know,
3: every once in a while, I'll see a little bit of progression in that he's spitting on pitches that he used to dive at before. Yeah. But yesterday, he dove at a couple pitches that he had no business swinging at. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Maybe the light bulb is eventually going to go off with him. I hope it does. Right. But he strikes out 40% of the time. Jay, that's too much.
1: It is. And... You know, maybe Freeman is the answer where Jimenez becomes the shortstop and Freeman goes to second. That's more of probably a next year type situation. Right. But I mean, the ultimate answer at short may be Jimenez. He came up as a shortstop. He's a terrific defender. Maybe that's where they go. What's but interesting
3: that's, to me is catcher right now.
1: With with Bo Naylor.
3: I mean, Naylor is I think the guy. But who's the guy that hit his fourth home run the other day? Oh, Fry. Yeah, Fry. That was a low ball that he muscled out of there. He's kind of come out of nowhere. He's hitting 300 or so. He's got like four home runs, limited at-bats. Bo Naylor, I think, has four too. Like, wouldn't it be something if Fry, who you said, has kind of come out of nowhere? I really, really like this kid.
1: Yeah, we need to see more of him and see, you know how it is. The guy comes up, gets hot, the league adjusts to him, figures him out, gets some tape on him, and then can he adjust back? So... I mean, he's done nothing to hurt his chances to this no. point. No, and that ball
3: he hit out the other day was at, was below his knees.
1: Yeah, and, and it happens. It happens where guys sort of come out of nowhere and figure it out, and suddenly emerge and take off.
3: Well, at that position, Mike Piazza, well, was yeah, famously yeah. drafted at the end by a as a the family last favor pick, yeah, by Tommy Lasorda. Yeah, so and I mean, he's it's a Hall of Famer.
1: And there's other examples of guys figuring it out later in their careers, or just needing a couple more years and and putting it together. So.
3: If you're right now pulling the strings for the Guardians, yeah. are you a buyer or are you a seller? They've got, what, 48 hours, not even, to figure it out?
1: I mean, the, the, the buyer-seller terms have kind of, they're kind of old in baseball because you can do both, and they certainly have the, the weapons and the tools and the assets to do both. Really, the sell would be Savali, and really it comes down to how much is a team willing to overpay. And if a team is, is willing to give you a godfather offer, for Aaron Savali, I hate to move on from him just because he's consistent when he's out there. There are durability questions, but he's only making five million. Where are you next? I'm talking next year. He's right, only making right. two and a half million this year. Sure. Where else are you going to find a major league pitcher of that caliber for five True. to six million next year? But if a team wants to overwhelm you, and you can get a back end starter, you know, if you can get a bat to plug in the lineup right away, and you can get a starter to fill that spot who can at
3: least Hold the fort down and hold innings down. See, for me, it can't be a prospect. If if we're going to move Savali, one of the pieces, and there should be multiple, one of the pieces has to be a play every day bat. Yeah, oh, like right to now, be. today, yes. And, yes. and so who are you going to sit? You know, I mean, we've looked. At, I'm looking at Strong, who hasn't hit a home run in almost two years.
1: Right, <laughs> that's
3: great. <laughs> but right. God, you know, I know Bull has been killing him for his defense. <laughs> he has made some defensive plays in the last two or three weeks. I'm sorry, other guys in the league can't make those plays. And I know he probably won't win the Gold Glove this year because he has had some missteps. Yeah. But the throw he made a couple of nights oh, ago incredible. ended up winning the game for yeah. them. Yeah. If it, not for that throw, they're a game and a half out of first place. So I know he's not helping you in the lineup, but he is absolutely helping this team defensively. He made a couple of catches yesterday, and he was a late insert yesterday. Will Brennan made a couple of catches yesterday. I, I, I There
1: are holes. You can find a bat. You'll find a place to put them, whether it's right field, whether it's left to move Quan to center, although I don't think that's going to happen. You certainly can find, there's enough help needed in that lineup. Yeah. You can find a bat to plug in every day. But it's going to be someone with multiple years of control. I don't think it's going to be a rental.
3: Uh, on the talk of Jimenez um, possibly going to shore, yeah. like, I, I, no.
1: I'm just spitballing that. I'm just <laughs> saying. I know. I,
3: for me, he is, right now, if not the best second baseman in the American League defensively, he's right he's there. phenomenal, And he's in the top three or four in major league baseball. His range, the plays he makes, he's just an incredible defensive second baseman. Yeah. And I know he played short for Venezuela in the World Baseball, but mm-hmm. I think I heard an interview with him afterwards where he kind of hinted at the fact that he didn't love it. Okay. You know, like I think I think he's found his comfort spot at second base and he's so damn good. I don't, you know, and we've got we've why, got him for, for years, up. you know. He's why, locked up, right? Mess so I don't want to screw it up and and end up having a below average shortstop defensively and now a hole at second.
1: Well, I don't think he would be below average at short, and I just don't know. I don't know. either. I shouldn't have said that. But Arias, obviously, he's he had he didn't hit last year in the minors, and he hasn't hit this year. No, he's terrific defensively. He's got an absolute hose for an arm, but you got to hit. And Rokio, I just don't get the impression they're all that high on him. Oh, really? Maybe I'm wrong on is, that. What is,
3: what is his deficiency, if he has one?
1: I mean, he's one of the top-ranked players in, in baseball. If you right. look at Baseball America and all those, he's a top But is he a stronger prospect.
3: hitter than defender? Like where?
1: I think he's a good hitter. Yeah. I think he's a good hitter. I just don't I, – I don't know. I just get the sense I'm not sure that they're as high on him as – Well, it seems
3: like they love Arias. I mean, they, they they've cleared him. the deck for him to have nothing but success. Right. Right and Rosario was gone, and I thought when Rosario was moved that perhaps okay now he doesn't have to worry about being in the lineup every day. He's yeah. going to blossom. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Well, it's
1: I mean it's been I know it's been a couple, couple days, days, but I watch yeah. every at bat so closely, yeah. and he's still diving and, at pitches. And it, and that's where I'm saying Freeman may be the answer, but I don't know that you want Freeman at short. It's not impossible, but yeah. I just think Freeman would be a little bit better at second than he would at short. That's right. that's the only reason I threw All that right. out there.
3: Okay, 15 minutes to go in the show. Are we going to get to 25,000 subscribers today? If you're watching right now and you haven't subscribed, go ahead and hit that button. We're subscribe.
0: we seeing them. Yeah, so uh, 15 minutes to go in the show. I thought that was a very spirited uh, Cleveland Guardians conversation. Um, we're going to do a PCC Air Force read right now, and then we're going to do some final takes. Looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits. PCC Airfoil is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio, and locations of PCC Airfoil in Lake Minner, Whitcliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at 18 bucks an hour and up. You get full benefit packages, paid time off, and signing bonuses apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. So when we do our PCC reads these days, we ask you to always go to the community tab and, you know, just kind of, vote over there and we thank you for doing so. So we put something up this morning and so far it has had 372 votes. The question was, did you think that safety Juan Thornhill will be the player to wear the green dot for the Cleveland Browns this season? Uh, 372 votes, 62% says yes, 38% says no. Any thoughts on that? I mean,
3: we have no idea. If- Where they think it would go, if not Thornhill. If if Walker's healthy, it's probably gonna be Walker. I see. I think that too, just because he had it last year. He had it last year, so. But it's a new
1: system and a new coordinator, so he could change that.
3: Yeah, and I don't know, G, what Schwartz's background is on just like things like that. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I I think it's gonna be uh, Walker. If
2: he did it last year, um, I think um, the reason he he has to find a backup is because you got to think about it. If you got Anthony Walker and he's been injury prone. If he goes out, you're going to have to have a backup guy ready to go, and he might need to be using it to get people to um, you know, get used to a safety calling those plays and doing it from the back end. So I think it's Anthony Walker if he's healthy, but Thornhill is a backup.
0: All righty, moving on to uh, final takes. Before we get to final takes, man, final time, don't forget to subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We are probably less than forty subscribers away from getting to twenty. I think we're thirty 000. away. Actually, less than thirty now. Okay, good. Less than thirty now, so we didn't pick up it's over forty subscribers. Like a telephone, we need a tote board. Yeah, so we're right. almost there. We might get there by the time we get to the. We're not leaving the air till we get to twenty-five thousand. Yeah. So don't forget to subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Also, don't forget to become a member of the UCSS Overtime. Today we're going to be talking about the continued running back saga. This time the subject is Jonathan uh... Taylor. From the Indianapolis Colts. Jim Ursay has some bold comments. So make sure you tune in to hear that. Uh, Right now, before we get to that, final takes. We haven't done final takes in a while. Jay, you want to start? I was going to talk. Well, all right, let's go here.
1: The price of youth sports Mm. mm, is out of control. I don't know. I don't know the solution to this, but I have two really active kids now tweens. I have an, well, I have an 11 year old daughter and a 13 year old son, Ava and AJ, who are very active now in sports. And I got a 21 year old in college who went through this, but club sports particularly have just the the rising cost of these things is out of control. I spent $150 today on football cleats. I spent $300 on a baseball bat, like Mm. $300 a month for gymnastics training. And it just like, when does the meter stop? And I mean, it's my own fault, I guess, for, for doing it. But is there a way that we can like sort of rein some of this back in and get some of this? I love my children dearly. I don't know if they're going to become professional athletes in their sports. And yet the money that is, this is big business in some of these, and we haven't even gotten to the prices of like to play on the travel teams. And I talked to one dad who their, their son played, went to Cooperstown and played in a baseball tournament at Cooperstown. He dropped five grand between the Airbnbs and the, the cost for the team to play and, and this and that and the other. The amount of money going on in youth sports right now Crazy. is just absolute madness. And I don't know if we're sending the right message. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but it is becoming very real to me over the last year or two the investment, the financial investment that we're making in some of these sports with these kids, and it's just absolutely bonkers. And I see you grinning over there as someone who's got a son who played at a high level. I can only Not imagine. Not sports,
3: but three sports. Oh, it is killing me. You mentioned the travel league fees. Yeah. I don't know what they are now. I know when he played soccer, you know, you think soccer, what do you need? Cleats, mm-hmm. that's it. That should be a cheap sport to play. Yeah the problem is with the travel league fees he was in a very very competitive travel league his entire life mm-hmm. and when we were in florida it was like a, we always just say yeah our son's a professional athlete he trained 7 days a week yeah they trained on sundays yeah they That's did crazy. I mean, and and the fees were well over $1000 i think it was in the $1500 a year range for the travel league fees because they were constantly going to all parts of the state and sometimes yeah. country.
1: Yeah, we haven't gotten that crazy. That's crazy. Uh, I know that there are travel baseball teams that two, three, four, five thousand dollars. We're not It's do- an industry. We're not doing those. We're not into those, but it's just and and
3: football. you will be with AJ is my guess.
1: Well, we we'll see where it goes. I mean, he had a, he but had a travel tryout over the weekend.
3: What what it plays on is the, the intrinsic idea of every parent is I want my child to be better than I was. I want him yes. to have a better life than I did. And I, I want to give to them every fun. opportunity to right. meet
1: their full potential. And so
3: when I look back at my career, I was one of five and I'm very middle-class upbringing. We had everything we wanted, but there were things that I wanted that I mean that we needed, but there were things I wanted. I didn't have like going to really nice baseball camps yeah, and and doing some of the really higher end stuff. yeah. And so I said, if my son isn't going to make it, it's not going to be because he wasn't exposed to that or didn't have the opportunity, because right. he doesn't have the talent. right? Yeah. And every parent wants to figure that out. How good can my son be? Yeah. Every weekend I drive by the uh, Sports Force Park at Cedar Point. yeah. And if you haven't been there, oh, it probably have. was beautiful facility, Ripkins just took it over. That oh, group, I didn't know that. Yeah, Cal Ripkin now took that entire p- complex over. But every weekend when I'm going to my boat, I drive by that and I just laugh and shake my head and I say, you're looking at 2,000 cars of parents that think their son is the next Jose Ramirez. I know.
1: And all this, and and for all this money and for what? Three spots,
3: baseball, three spots on the
1: varsity roster, three, four positions. The ultimate goal is the scholarship.
3: Parents are doing this thinking and we did. We thought, well, you know, we'll get it all back when he gets a full scholarship somewhere. Yeah, and the best-laid plans, as they say. Right. I thought it was either going to for sure be soccer or baseball, and then he let me try track in my junior year indoor season because wow. he didn't play a winter sport, and ends up getting a full ride, no penny out of dad's pocket. And he pocket. didn't start till his junior year. Never ran track till his junior year. Wow. And we knew he was soccer fast and football fast. Yeah. But we didn't know. Yeah. And so you got to find out. But as a parent, you have to spend the money yeah. and invest and yeah. investigate. And gee, you'll live this when you have a son, and he comes to you and says, "Dad, I really want to go to this camp. Well, what camp is it, son? It's Miles Garrett's camp. It's it's twelve hundred dollars. you sab- will be like, okay, we, we gotta started, do it.
2: Shout out back then, you know. I, you know, my I'm sure mom, your folks
3: did it for you. Yeah,
2: I went to I went to Ohio State camp. I went to Michigan. camp. There you go. I went to, and the cool thing about the school, the school paid for some of them. Did like, they really? You know, the school paid, and they took like if you was one of the, the the elite kids or you was one of the better kids, they took you um, and they paid for my wow. camp to go there. And so when you go there, you, you kind of figure out where you stand and then you get ranked or you know figure out where you slot in the, the national thing nationally. Yeah. And so you, it's like one of those things where, yeah, you got to keep letting them play stuff. I didn't play till my junior year. You know, I, I played baseball my whole life since I was six. So I was like, "Well, I'm gonna play baseball," um, and that I was like, "I'm not gonna get hit. I'm not gonna do anything." Um, I played on all the travel teams, all of them, and until I got to my senior year, and I had well, I had calf surgery, so I only played two games my senior year, and it was like, "Well, dang, now I'm gonna have to like." walk on wherever I want to go like, yeah I would be to walk. very tough to get a scholarship I had, so I had to walk on but I already had I already had the football scholarship so it was like, okay, I'm gonna go walk on to right the, and so it's just one of those things and that's just why baseball is so so difficult because you know you go from somebody throwing a ball 8990 and that's pretty fast in high school to now you get in high school or even in college, you go out there and guys are throwing 90, 95, 96, it's 97, a it's a different yeah. game. But in
3: AJ's case, this kid's hitting ropes. This we sent him home runs.
1: We sent him to the guardians camp. The Cleveland guardians camp came to Avon Lake last mm-hmm. week. Yeah. So we sent him to the camp and he,
3: was that the one that has the little Jimenez traveling trailer? Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, were in yeah yeah, Which is where so I play my games, they were you, doing one on an adjacent field. Zion
1: Curry came and signed autographs for the kids nice. on Tuesday. Did he get
3: anything out of it? Did he enjoy it?
1: Yeah, they they actually helped him, I think, with his swing a little bit. Nice. Just, just a couple little tweaks. But that's that's, that's all you're looking for. That's what he's looking for. These yeah, kids know. got
3: swing coaches
1: now. I so I know. well, he's here's two,
3: the these got these what, kids got. <laughs> and and this is where it really gets pricey. So my son pitched and hit, but in in the sixth grade in Tampa, we had the travel league coach say my recommendation is you get him a swing coach because all of your neighbors have swing coaches. <laughs> <laughs> For and, and here's the thing. They're going to teach him, and I know you've taught him the principles, but these guys are guys that were in the major leagues a year ago.
1: Yep. Yeah. And
3: now they're making money. With, yep. So so we got him a swing coach. And the swing coach, the first thing he said was, you're going to have homework. Corey didn't like homework. <laughs> Corey was the kid. Was like, Dad, I can show up right now, and yep. I'm going to hit 500. Yep. I, don't, I don't need homework. And the the swing coach said, you're going to set up a mirror. Dad will put a mirror up on the wall in the garage. And you're going to, into the mirror, you're going to swing 500 times every single day. Wow. And we're going to burn these concepts, hands high, drive, slide, all of it. Yep. And you're going to do it 500 times a day. And the the swing coach pulled me aside and he said, he'll tell you if he wants to do this or not. Yeah. Because most kids won't Won't do that. Won't do it. Now, I would have. Yeah. I did it anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. But – Corey, in his free time, was off playing another sport. Yeah. Yep. And That's, so I would ask him, after a week of this, I'd say, how many days did you do the 500? And he goes, I did 400 twice. I did 200 a couple days. I didn't do any yesterday because I had a football game or whatever yep, it was. Yep, yep, And we went back, and the coach immediately said to Corey, you're still dropping your back elbow. If you had done 3,500 ghost swings at Amir, you wouldn't would be not, dropping your back elbow yeah. anymore. If you don't want to do this, tell us now. You save Dad a lot of money. Yep. It was 60 bucks an hour. Yeah. For yep. one hour lesson, yep. and he said some of these kids are taking lessons four days a week.
2: Hey, man, wow. softball, softball girls—they got the softball. They got pitching.
3: It, like, the, the softball game is huge. You know why it's easier huge. for girls to get scholarships? Huge. Yeah. Because the, you know, with with Title IX, you're given 85 male scholarships mm-hmm. before you ever give a female. Yep. So you're all these schools are 85 in the whole. Yep. So what they do is, while baseball is giving a total of 12 scholarships. Softball's giving 25 yeah.
2: full. Yep, yeah. full, full So joints.
3: it's easier for the girls. Yep. And we lived right across the street in Florida at the same time Corey was going through all of his sports. There was a girl that was Corey's age that was a pitcher in softball. And every single day, year-round, because it was beautiful weather, She's out there throwing 100 pitches to her dad Jeez. who's catching her. And, she and, went to Florida State and was a star pitcher and there. And she can throw And got it. free college.
2: And she can't throw in And girls, because they're underhand, it's underhand. 100 kids can throw 100 pitches. Every day. day. Every day. There's yep. no arm wear. Yep. And she would yep. work
3: it. And I would tell her, I'd say, say Corey, look. There she on. is. Yep. There every she day. is. And it pays off. but it's, And AJ's going to be the kind of kid that, you're not going to want to not turn over every stone. That's exactly you do because you he's can. big yeah. and he clearly has natural ability. Yeah. He's a good ball player. He's already hit home runs over fences in yeah. Little League. He's the kind of kid that high school coaches are already being told about.
1: He was at a travel tryout yesterday and today's the as you to your point today's the first day of football practice. So now we set the baseball bat it's down tough.
3: and put the football cleats on
1: and go run for two hours for conditioning for football. It's tough. So it's fun though. It's a, yeah. f- it's a fun age to be in. You at. know what?
3: Spend the money, whether it, whether it turns out to a full ride scholarship or not in college, you only get them for a minute. That's right. And then they're gone. That's and right. you never want to be like, you know what? I, I, I should have done this yep. or I should have done that. You want
1: to maximize every, and we,
3: and I mean, his best sport might be swimming or we're talking baseball and well, football. Well, that might be his track to Corey, and you know, like. it might be. Corey just went to track meets and started winning first places and everything, and then the,
0: the coach said, oh, he'll get a full ride riding track. Hey, hey real, yeah. real yeah. quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Gee, I know you only got 60 seconds, but it was something that was really special in your heart that you wanted to say. It. Oh, we got it. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, I went to, uh, I went to, to the uh, Hall of Fame. We did the induction really great guys out there. Lomas Brown. I got an opportunity to take a picture with him. Bernie (laughs) Kozar, Jerry Ball, Chris Spielman. Jerry Ball. Wow, that's a great class. That's a very great class. I, I, I was talking to Chris Spielman. He was doing a lot. I said, listen, he had a couple masculine jokes, but his—he is from Canton, Ohio. It's vibrant. Coach Ed Timken, really cool dude. I said I needed to get that thirty for thirty about how you went to masculine. We laughed a lot, but it was a really great, real, really great class. Great picture. Archie, congratulations
3: Arch- to you, I Archie. Mean, you, came that's through? the first class. Yeah, yeah. And they're Arch- gonna go with the red coats. The red I coats. Nice I, I like
2: the red coats. They're vibrant. I love them. Archie was there. Jim Trussell showed up. Wow. Um, it was crazy. Very cool.
3: All right, time for overtime. Thanks for watching today. We're back tomorrow at eleven a.m.
2: Peace. Bye.